evening, and welcome to Kel's Wonderful Life. Mad science. I've always taken exception to the term. What does it even mean for science to be mad? Science is a discipline of testing hypotheses against empirical experiment. Most of what people would call mad science really isn't science at all. No controls, double-blind protocols, or even tenable postulates. What most people think of as mad science mostly consists of a doctor or engineer with limitless funding and a grudge, out to settle a score. While that's a platform I can get behind, it's certainly not science. Of course, while science itself may not be mad, it's perfectly meaningful to have a mad scientist. For sure, there have been many individuals involved in science who have been a few quarks short of a neutron. Take, for instance, Trofim Lysenko, a peasant gardener who faked and exaggerated his research into crop heritability in Stalinist Russia. After being lauded by credulous journalists and party members for his sham work, he was elevated to president of the Lenin Academy of All Sciences in 1938. He used his position of influence within the Academy and the Communist Party to silence critics of his notably juvenile work, leading many scientists to be imprisoned, tortured, and even shot for dissent. Those destroyed by his need to eliminate all questioning of his credentials included Anton Zabrak, president of the Belarusian Academy of Sciences, Nikolai Kolostov, who predicted the double helix structure of DNA 20 years before it was discovered, and Sergei Chetverikov, the father of modern population genetics. Of course, Lysenko wasn't really a scientist at all, just a shyster and confidence man, but that didn't stop him from guiding Soviet agricultural policy and setting Russian genetic science back a hundred years. Consider also Sidney Gottlieb, the CIA chemist in charge of the secret MKUltra program at the height of the Cold War. Gottlieb was in charge of exploring chemical and psychological techniques to destroy a person's psychic coherency and program the subject to be an unwitting pawn of the state. He was notorious for allegedly administering lysergic acid diethyl amide, LSD, to pretty much anyone who he encountered, including unwitting and unconsenting civilians. His test subjects ranged from drug addicts and hobos to ethnic minorities and prostitutes. In one case, he recruited prostitutes to administer LSD to their clients so that they could be observed and questioned by agents while under its influence. While the extingent circumstances of the Cold War may have necessitated working in secret, it is impossible to excuse the ethical transgressions of his research. However, when you consider his numerous eccentric plans to assassinate or discredit Fidel Castro, including shoes filled with thallium, an explosive seashell, poisoned wetsuit, and a case of poisoned cigars, it would have actually worked if the CIA could figure out how to deliver them, it's pretty clear that his work couldn't have flourished anywhere but a black intelligence program. Disturbingly, the US has something of a modus operandi for performing experiments on its own unknowing population. Some of the things I could relate are actually quite distressing, so I won't go into too many details, but at various times the US government has exposed its citizens to doses of radiation, torture, chemicals including fluorine, cantharide, Agent Orange components and pesticides, and psychological torment far beyond MKUltra, mostly to poor ethnic minorities and prisoners. Some of the surgical experiments performed on inmates at San Quentin Prison under Dr. Leo Stanley boggle the mind, including madness such as testicular transplantation from executed prisoners into living prisoners, and xenotransplantation of boar, goat, and ram's testicles into prisoners in the hopes of rejuvenating old men and advancing eugenics. In the annals of science, it seems a major failing amongst the ranks is ethics. Of course, not all unbalanced scientists suffer from narcissism, hubris, or misanthropy. Sometimes the madness is simply a more mundane eccentricity. If there was one scientist who fits the mold of quixotic genius, both revered and misunderstood in his own time, it would be Nikolai Tesla. Tesla, of course, is famous for advancing the field of electricity, pioneering alternating current, induction motors, and radio transmission. Born in Serbia, he was a child prodigy whose ability to solve maths problems was so outstanding that the teachers believed he must be cheating. 
When he turned 17, he exposed himself to cholera in a bid to avoid national service so that he could continue his studies. Eventually, he emigrated to America to follow his fortune. When he left, his old boss Charles Batchelor wrote him a letter of recommendation to Thomas Edison, which stated, I know two great men, and you are one of them. The other is this young man. However, after working together for some time, Tesla and Edison would fall out and prove to be bitter rivals, each promoting their own form of electricity, Tesla AC and Edison DC. Competing in both business and science, the unyielding animosity is said to have cost both of them the Nobel Prize. Surely Tesla's discoveries were great. He laid claim to many astoundingly advanced inventions, including radio, the microwave oven, teleoperated mobile robots, wireless power transfer, and even a death ray. His reputation as a genius inventor was equaled only by his curious fixations. He suffered from obsessive-compulsive disorder, with a bizarre fascination with the number three, such that he would demand napkins in sets of three with his meal, and walk around a block three times before entering a building. He was also phobic of germs, and predicted that in the future, science would devise a means of eradicating vermin and pestilence from the Earth. Coincidentally, he also believed that he received communications from extraterrestrials on Mars or Venus. Thus, in spite of being undeniably brilliant, he died in debt, regarded as a kook. Coincidentally, on top of all the other honours he received, he was also awarded an honorary PhD from Yale University, where a bronze bust of him now resides at the entrance to the Electrical Engineering Department. Speaking of Yale, a notable instance of mad science at Yale is a milligram experiment, in which subjects were instructed to give increasingly large electric shocks to actors pretending to have a heart condition, in order to assess how readily people followed the commands of those in positions of authority. It turns out that all but one of the subjects tested followed the prompting of the experimenters, delivering what they thought was a lethal electric shock four times in succession. The madness of the experiment wasn't so much the protocols, although the subjects were distressed by participating, but rather, what the experiment told people about themselves. Any one of us could be a monster, if given the opportunity, motivation, and impetus. So, even though science itself may not be mad, the seeds of madness lie in all of us. Inevitably, in some, those seeds will flourish into hideous, unstoppable, man-eating plants. This has been Kel's Wonderful Life, where all science is mad. Guaranteed. <laughs>